Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Kayla McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Well, hello there, everybody. I'm Austin Cook, and welcome to a new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. I am joined by, as always, Caleb McLemore, and we have a returning guest, the one, the only, Mikey Schuler. Let's give him a very warm welcome to the Internet World Order podcast. It's not like he hasn't been here before, but we're always excited to have him on board. With that in mind, today, we are talking about one of the most iconic wrestlers in WWE in the history of pro wrestling, and that man's name, Adam Copeland, Edge. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the man that went from being just over the moon. Well, first, in a gimmick that was strange but worked well with the brood to being the super liked, super hated, back to super liked, and now is actually going to be part of the main event of WrestleMania in 2021. So it's just a wild roller coaster all around. It's crazy to think about because I remember seeing him return at the Royal Rumble in 2020, which feels like forever ago, but really it was a little over a year. But I know that like with Mikey, like Mikey kind of grew up watching Edge when he was just kind of starting out. So Mikey, can you tell us a little bit more about how you kind of like got into Edge and like what your introduction to his character was like for you, what he means to you? Well, you see, back in the day when I was a kid, I would do what WWE wanted you to do, cheer for the faces and boo the heels. And then, so yeah, I did not like him, but there was always this thing. When I liked a heel, it was always more of, oh, I just want to see him turn face. Because, well, I liked the faces at the time, and Edge was somebody I always wanted to be faced just because... I feel like he can do it because he was a talented wrestler and he was so good at getting under my skin. I just wanted to like him. Mm -hmm. That's fair. You remember, like, I'm sure, like, for you, Caleb, Caleb, you were probably watching at the time. Were you watching at the time when he, like, became the big heel? Like, oh, when, yeah. with the whole, like, affair with Lita and all that and, like, his feud with Matt Hardy. Like, I mean, Mikey, you were probably watching at the time too, as well, right? So, like, each of you guys, like Caleb, starting with you, like, was that really like the moment you started getting into his character, or what was your like actual introduction to Edge as a character? Uh, for me, like I, because like I've said uh, past episodes, like there was uh, because of WCW, like there was a little like a couple of years where I wasn't watching. Got I got back in in two thousand three, so I was there when Edge was just still being part of like SmackDown. I was like the SmackDown six and was just kind of putting on great feuds and stuff. Well, like when, where you're describing, like when he became just the mega heel, it's like, I hated him, but I couldn't look away. I just was like, cause I had to keep tuning in. Like this will be the week. Someone shuts him up. And even when it happened, like if Cena won or, you know, Undertaker beat him, he would come back the next day or the next week still talking so much trash. And I just, he did his job perfectly. I kept coming back wanting to see more despite how much he was making me angry. 
That's fair. Mikey, what about you? Well, I wasn't watching during the Matt Hardy thing. I was watching 2000, late 2007, late 2008, one of the two. So it was when he was feuding more on with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And then, well, you boys know me. I love The Undertaker. And man, was Edge always getting under my skin when it came to Taker. Because mm-hmm. he always found a way to win. And I'm like, no, Edge, you can't keep beating The Undertaker. Stop. <laughs> now, Mikey, did you watch WrestleMania? Uh, live WrestleMania 24 when he faced The Undertaker? No, I watched that later, but... Ah, okay, gotcha. Okay, so when we really look at it, I'm definitely the newest to the group when it comes to watching Edge, and yet somehow I was the one who got to see him at the Royal Rumble, which feels kind of unfair to you guys because you guys have been (laughs) fans forever. Uh, (laughs) Thus is wrestling, though. We we didn't really know. I had a weird gut feeling because, like, the thing about Edge is, like, I didn't get to see him retire, but, like, his legacy was what really lived on for me when I was watching wrestling because he would pop up frequently or people would usually cite him as, like, a major influence on him. And thankfully, with the WWE Network, I had the beautiful ability to go back and watch a lot of these like matches that were recommended to me or get DVDs and watch like what he was doing in the day. His first kind of debut matches when he first started, because (sighs) he had a strange start. Like, I mean, the poor guy accidentally like the guy he was wrestling got injured. He broke his neck in his debut match. So Mm -hmm. Edge was just like, cool. (laughs) like I get to debut and then the guy that I'm facing immediately gets injured, which it was nobody's fault. It was just an accident, but it's just kind of like sad. But like, do you guys remember the brood at all? Oh, I remember the brood. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was trippy. Well, it's trippy to look back on it now, like how where edge, uh, Christian are now. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, this is where they started. Very interesting. Right. It was when Christian had long hair, which kind of like gives me anxiety because for some reason <laughs> I just I can't see him with long hair and be like, this is normal. This <laughs> well, he did hate I... it. He what were you saying? Who me? Yeah, you. Oh, I just cut in. I don't like it. You don't like it either, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it doesn't it, fit it him. Me. Yeah, and and Christian was just like, yeah, because and then as you're wrestling, it gets in your mouth, it goes up your nose, and he's like, cut it, I'm done with it. Yeah, and that's, I think he like almost semi stopped aging right around the time he cut his hair for summer. Like he looked younger when he cut his hair, which I thought was kind of funny. But we're yeah. not here to talk about Christian. <laughs> we're here to talk about Edge, and Edge for the most part has had really long hair, ex- except I think. At one point when he retired, I believe he cut his hair. Yeah, like 2012, he cut his hair. Yo, yeah, yeah, when he got he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, which, I mean, to speak about this man's career, like, he accomplished so much in such a short time because he was literally inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think, a year after he announced his retirement, which is very, very sad. But (laughs) he's also a Hall of Famer. And now he's back. So the crazy thing about him is, like, yeah, he had to retire because of a neck injury. And I think you guys probably watched that live, or at least you did, right, Mikey? I sure did. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, I saw that live too. That was uh, an emotional night. Can you guys tell me like exactly what was running through your mind? Like starting with you, Mikey, like what was going through your brain when you were watching it? And like, was it kind of out of nowhere? Or was there like some kind of like expectation of like, whoa, this is crazy. This is happening. Because like, 
I don't think you and I were as active on the internet at the time because we're a little younger than Caleb. So <laughs> I, I heard you laugh, Caleb. But <laughs> Mikey, like, what was what was it like for you? Because you'd grown up watching him. So like when you saw him announce his retirement, like what was these floods of emotions that you were going through? Well, for starters, sadness, obviously. And then just irritation, because like I said earlier, that I always wanted him to be face, and he was finally having a good face run. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, it's like, oh, by the way, guys, I'm retiring, and I'm just like, ouch, okay. And then it stings, stung a little bit, too, because my mom, she would watch it with me just because, well, she wanted to bond with her however old I was, 12, 13, whatever, 12, 13-year-old kid at the time. Mm -hmm. And then she always liked Edge just because of the way he dressed casually. <laughs> and so I was like, dang it, my mom's not going to watch this with me anymore. <laughs> She's Aww. like, I'd love to watch this with you. And then he retires and you're just like, oh. <laughs> like, and then well, I my dad. I'm like, Edge is retiring. He's like, dang it, I was just beginning to like him. And I'm like, no, I'm going to lose my dad too. <laughs> oh, man. I, Caleb, obviously, since you're one of the elders of this podcast, can you explain to us what it was like for you as an old man to experience this person retiring? First off, sir. I've mentioned it before, but just it was something else because it's like he literally went from like, as I was just saying a couple minutes ago, I hated him so much, but wanted to keep watching to see like who would finally shut him up. And then like Mikey was saying, he, became this super like just over the moon face that everyone loved. And he managed to become a face while still being, uh, you know, an opportunist kind of like Eddie Guerrero where he's still cheating, but now we're cool with it. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we just accepted it. And um, so I remember seeing some, I didn't read a ton of stuff. Cause like I said, like I didn't have, it wasn't until WWE network. I got to watch pay-per-views. So I saw something online like, yeah, he's super injured and he's going to like give up the title. I, that's what I remember reading. I went, ah, oh, well that blows maybe like, you know, knee injury or like, you know, you know, maybe like a triple H, like a quad or a pec muscle or something. <laughs> then he goes out there and I and he, exactly. But <laughs> when you said quad, leading... I automatically, I was like, okay, triple H number one, uh, <laughs> Kevin Nash, Kevin number, Nash two. number two. Oh, and then Vinny <laughs> Mac, our boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can never forget what he did that. He's still just screaming at him in just pure anger. He was so mad that he didn't realize that the meat of his legs had been ripped from the bone. Like, that's anger. <laughs> <laughs> that That's pure <laughs> adrenaline-fueled rage. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what made it different, though, was like when they were... I can't remember... I might be misremembering because I haven't watched the, the specific Raw, obviously, since it happened. But they were built, making such a big buildup to it. I think they were even saying, like, you know, this is going to be huge, like a retirement speech. And I was like, this is an angle. Edge is not retiring. He's at the top of his game right now. And then he went out there and he just gave that speech. And I just, I was in shock. Like, just pure, like, I couldn't. Like you said, Mike, I was sad, but I was just, if nothing else, I was just like staring at my TV in shock of just like, he can't be done. Like, I, I really like you now. Like, you can't go now. And yeah. 
it, it was it was rough. Yeah, I, it's hard to like imagine seeing one of your big heroes retire. Like for me, it was Daniel Bryan because like he he got me into WWE and I would watch all of his matches. I'd go back and I'd find all of them in line. I'd watch him wrestle like I mean, he was the big reason that I really got into it in the first place because I just something about Daniel Bryan. There's just this every, every man quality to it. So like for me, when he first retired, like it was extremely jarring to put it like lightly and it was kind of hard to process even though they announced in advance because like with edge they're just like edge has something he wants to say and then he's like i'm retiring and you're just watching all these dudes in the crowd cry because they're like what Mm -hmm. like what's going on (laughs) like it's distressing it's almost like we've said like when undertaker has big retirement at uh or his big send-off at survivor series Mm -hmm. like there's a party was like someone's music's going to play. Right. And like going to run out there and like, you know, attack him. So, you know, it's a work and then it just never happened. Yeah. Oh, that was emotional too, because they had uh Paul bears voice and like, Oh, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. The hologram. Oh man. But again, like something about edges retirement, I think for a lot, of, like, and especially with a lot of other people that I've talked to, like, there's just something that really stung about edges because it just felt like it was way, way, way too soon. And, you know, not to say that that wasn't for Daniel Bryan and especially like with the undertaker, like, yeah, he was a little older. I mean, he's like what 50 something, 60 something now. And it was time for him and Daniel and edge. It was just like out of the blue. And for both of them, it was right after they had won their, the, you know, the WWE title, they were literally on top of the world. Yeah, they, they had to fight to get up there. And I, I mean, with Edge a little bit less so, not to say that, you know, he didn't have to work hard. That's not what I'm saying, but like... No, but he, he also had won the title several times. Brian was... or Like, he had this huge career of a lot of wins. Brian had, is like one of yeah. the, like, what, second or third time? And this was like a big deal. I think it was his second time. No, it was his third because he won the World Heavyweight Championship in 2012 or 2011. And then won the world heavyweight title and lost it immediately to Randy Orton cashing in. Yep. And then that. he won it at WrestleMania and he was supposed to come back and win again. And then they're like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, it's just distressing. But like with edge, like when you look at his entire career, like I kind of forget that he, he has what, like 11, 12 world titles, probably going to be 13 now after WrestleMania, I'm assuming, but it sure seems that way. Right. Mikey, yeah. do you know? I think it's 11. Oh, geez. That's a lot. <laughs> like most guys are happy with like a couple or even one for the most part. Like some guys, I know like Santino, like his big moment was winning the intercontinental title. That's all he wanted. And then oh, he's yeah. like, I'll literally do whatever you guys want of me. And they're like, anything you say, <laughs> yeah. hey, but he got over. So it worked. No, the, the crowd loves him for a reason. I for he came back at the women's Royal rumble in 2020. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, Santina. it was Santina. Yeah, it was because people hated that when he did it the first time. So it was their way of kind of uh, putting a little bow on that little moment of being like, oh, okay, we'll embarrass him, move on. Yeah, like now. avenging it. And they're like, hey, we'll pay you to come out here. And he's like, okay, like, <laughs> free payday. <laughs> sure, why not? But look how we keep getting distracted. <laughs> There's so many well, he, things to talk about with Edge. So because he's been around since '98. Right. It's weird because it's like like with all the episodes where we talk specifically about a wrestler, 
we almost kind of run into like this weird like roadblock because we're like, where do we start? Where and I know we're 15 minutes in, but like we we've been talking about him so far and like everything that he's kind of meant to us. But like I remember going back and just discovering parts of when Edge first started because like you know, he he definitely paid his dues. Like him and Christian definitely paid their dues. They're almost single-handedly, well, no, that's not true. They're a major part of what made TLC such a big deal in WWE. Oh, yeah, they're one-third of the reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Mikey, have you seen the their TLC match at WrestleMania 17? I sure have. What, <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Scary. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to sum it up in one word. Succinct I mean, but sufficient. When you see Edge spear Jeff Hardy, however, like twenty feet high. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my. Oh yeah. That's. I think that was actually yeah. the first time I ever saw him wrestle in any fashion because it popped up on a YouTube video, and I just saw him jump, and I was like, I need to see more of this. What <laughs> an introduction! Right? <laughs> oh, but, like I remember he's been interviewed because obviously, like when you do something like that, you know, like that's right up there with Mick Foley getting thrown off the hell in the cell. So obviously everyone's going to ask you about that mm-hmm. whenever they can. And Edge, every time he's just like, I had no, because obviously you can't, you know, practice that spot. No. So he just looked at Jeff going, so he's, he's looking at Jeff going, do you trust? He basically pulled it a lot. He's like, do you trust me? Jeff's like, why? And, um, <laughs> and he spears him and like, he hits, he looks up, he kind of, and he doesn't feel any pain. He just goes, well, that worked. <laughs> yeah i like i'm imagining him like hey do you trust me and he's like why and then like tuck your chin and he just tackles him. <laughs> like, oh that's crazy like i can't even imagine the amount of pain that they all went through because like i'm sure like when people think of like extreme wrestling and this will pop back up later because i'm sure you guys have all watched this match at some point but when people think of extreme wrestling I feel like a lot of people, number one, think of ECW, but like Dudley boys and get the tables and all that. And like the Hardy boys and team extreme and, you know, everything kind of in that brand. But I feel like edge and Christian don't get left out of that conversation, but they sort of have this weird, like middle ground where like hardcore fans know, but sometimes people tend to forget that like edge and Christian were a major part of what made this such a big deal. Do you, do you guys know what I'm saying? I get you. Yeah. Okay. Well, because each team brought something different. I mean, with the Hardys, you had just the insane, like, I mean, literally called Team Extreme. The Dudleys were just big bruisers that would just beat the tar out of you. Mm-hmm. Bubba's, I think, legitimately insane, which is, you know, works. And, um, well, he, he's just and from D- Philly. <laughs> exactly. And Devon, apparently, everyone loves him. And he loved the fact that he was with all these other high flyers because apparently he hates heights. Mm-hmm. That's why you never see him climb a ladder. That and, makes um, a ton of sense now. <laughs> so, um, but Edge and Christian, like they were just the comedy act, but when they needed to put up, when it was like put up or shut up time, they would, they would always like show up with their a game. But besides that, they were always goofing around, just trying to get under your skin, like an annoying little brother. Yeah. They, they were like the, the pretty boys that would like pull pranks on you in order to like get mental, like play mental games with you. And they definitely had like a good dynamic going on with like the Hardy boys who are like, well, I guess I just throw myself off something now. And the Dudley yeah. boys who, okay. And quick correction. 
Uh, <laughs> Bubba Ray Dudley's from Queens, New York. Not He's famous for being a part of ECW in Philly, but he's from Queens, which is pretty close in terms of like overall toughness. Uh, <laughs> just throw that. Just like I don't want him to hear this. And then he's like, I'm going to Austin. <laughs> you are a log with the wrestlers. We don't want to get beaten up by. Please don't like, hurt us, Bubba. Again, I'm not talking smack. Please don't hurt me. But, <laughs> oh man, like, their matches for the long because they went from being in the brood and as I'm sure you guys probably hate to be reminded, they were the people who descended from the rafters at WrestleMania 15 when the Undertaker beat a uh, big boss man in like, what, 10 minutes in that Hell in a Cell match and yep. then proceeded to h- hang him from a noose. Well, everyone yeah. in the everyone in the crowd, like quietly watched and they're like, OK, well what's going on? What? (laughs) Like, I mean, Caleb, I've talked to you about it plenty of times, but like Mikey, can you explain to me like, cause I'm sure that you've seen it by this point, right? Right. Okay. What were your feelings on that? Because Caleb and I have endlessly made jokes about, well, not jokes about it actually happening, but jokes about just like, what are we supposed to feel? So like from, (laughs) from your end, like from your perspective, especially someone who didn't start watching at that time, how weird was it watching Edge as a vampire hanging Big Boss Man in a sentence I never thought I would say out loud? <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's like you said, I, I don't know how to feel. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just literally witnessing live murder on TV. Right. Like, w- would you say that... To watch would you say that he, like... Do you think that if it got more attention or if more people paid attention to it, is it something do you think maybe that would have had an impact on his career if it had been like received negatively or if he had had a more prominent role? Uh, Maybe I, I, I really couldn't tell you on that one. That's fair. It's kind of a, (laughs) it's kind of a very like loose question too, but he, he ended up being kind of more like under, yeah, they're more like underlings. So I don't know if that would have, like long-term reasonable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it's just like sometimes like small things can affect a wrestler's like entire career. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean the shock master granted, that's not a small thing. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it's also uh, a little bit more embarrassing than like being involved in an angle where you murder someone at WrestleMania. That's fair. Wow. Wrestling is I mean, so or, strange. <laughs> what was the guy? Uh, or like with a, James Ellsworth with oh gosh one good promo line and he managed to get a year gimmick out of it yeah well he was trending that was the big thing was like James Ellsworth basically he said he had a good slogan and then people liked the way that he got beat up so he got a year-long contract which yeah good for him yeah secure secure the bag my friend <laughs> yeah exactly if you we make, gotta do exactly if, if you got something that's work make it work but uh, yeah, like it's just funny you bring that up because when when we cover St. Valentine's Day Massacre, like when you see the uh, the Ministry of Darkness and you see just like this hodgepodge of just like you see Undertaker and you see the uh, well the acolytes which become the APA later. Then you see Edge and Christian just looking like <laughs> Edge just looking cool as possible with sunglasses, like one of these is not like the other. <laughs> Oh, I, you know, I'm glad it didn't have like a detriment 
to like their overall career. But it's just so funny when you go back and look at everything that they're basically just like basically given. They're like, do with this what you can. Like you guys are young and you're going to need to like, you know, build on your skills and, you know, work with a lot of bigger guys and work with different people. So it's just funny because like you go back and it's like, you might as well have given them Groucho Marx glasses and they would have fit in just the same. Like it's oh, yeah. so, it's so weird. Like just seeing them standing there and it's like, what what are you doing here? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> go, go home. And I think around, I want to say 2003, 2004 is when their careers really started to change. Like, yeah. So like, I remember like going back and looking at him and it was like the whole Groucho Marx glasses thing. It's interesting. Like in 2004, that was right around the time that like, you know, Christian started to get like a singles career. Like I believe he wrestled Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 20, right? That's when he cut his hair and he was working with uh Trish Stratus and well, kind of. Oh yeah. That whole, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. They were, they were doing a whole like angle between the three of them. I remember that. Yeah. That was what a time to be alive. But <laughs> we, uh, started to see like edge. He was part of the SmackDown six and he was working in tag teams and particularly with Ray Mysterio, I believe was like where most people kind of found the most enjoyment. If I'm not mistaken, it was natural chemistry because edge is a bigger, the weird thing is with edge is you forget. He's a really tall guy. Okay. Which is strange. <laughs> I was going to say, cause I think Mikey, you and I were talking about this, but I was like, do you remember the edges six five because he feels so small to me? He does. When I see him in his matches, I mean, I see that Jeff Hardy's kind of. Talking. I'd see them go head to head, and I'm like, okay, yeah, these guys look average. And all of a sudden, I see Edge going against Undertaker, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then now in recent memory, I'm seeing him stand like a little bit taller than Roman Reigns. I'm like, yeah, I kind of forget that he's like sort of a semi giant, like in a weird way, he, like it, it's funny because like, I guess in wrestling, there's so many people who are so big and are known for being like these gigantic figures that like sometimes if someone doesn't have the same build or if they're not as muscular, which edge is not exactly known for being a big muscular guy <laughs> and Wait, not, no, he's, I mean, for a lot of, especially like before he retired, he sort of had a dad bod, which is not an insult. It's just, no, he didn't look like a modern day monster athlete. And there's nothing wrong with that because he was great no matter what. It's just funny <laughs> in perspective. Oh, yeah. Cause you're like, he's not exactly what I think a lot of people believe Vince McMahon looks for in a person and take of that. Yeah, what you will. <laughs> yeah. That, that's been the center of talk for a long time. Uh, I mean, to your point, like, you know, like what Mike was saying is like nowadays you see him standing and like looking right at Roman. You're like, oh, yeah, he's a big dude. Or like you'd see him in his matches with Cena and he's like taller than Cena. And you're like, oh, but yeah. Cena obviously is much more muscular than him. And you're like, oh, and um, it's just been interesting because it, it's so weird to say like a guy that had as as many title reigns as he's had, not just with obviously the the big titles, but like tag team, like with intercontinental U S like the dude, I think in totals had like over 40 reigns Jeez. amongst everything. And yet it still seemed like he was still working from underneath, mm -hmm. which is 
I mean, that's, that's just impressive. I mean, that's part of why I made it believable when he had the chip on the shoulder, like how you could be six five and yet still be the underdog against someone who's shorter and smaller than you. <laughs> yeah, that that's actually a really valid point. Um, I, I guess it's maybe just because his style too, like, and you know, we'll we'll each kind of get the chance to talk about like what his style is. But like for me, I've always kind of imagined Edge as like a weird combo of like Triple H. But with like as much as you can get out of like a high flyer without actually being a high flyer, because he would do certain moves where I was like, wow, that required some athleticism. But oftentimes, like he do that weird like drop where he pulled your face to his knee as he jumped up and like the education and whatnot. Like there's so many moves where I'm like, yeah, that it's old school, but like with a new school sentimentality where there's some athleticism. Definitely. Well, all wrestling requires athleticism to some extent. But he would have like kind of this mix, which I found very interesting. But like, I mean, starting with you, Mikey, like how would you describe Edge's style as a wrestler? Like what wrestlers do you think that you could compare him to? Even new guys. It could be new guys. It could be old guys. Like, what do you think? So starting off with character, I would see him similar to Seth Rollins when Seth Rollins was first healed. Just because for me, he was a modern day Edge, which made me hate Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Anywho, <laughs> um, I I kind of see him as a, oh man, other wrestlers that come to mind. I mean, Jeff Hardy a little bit, just because uh, you know sometimes you'll see Edge get into the air and you're like, oh. And then yeah, like you said, Triple H a little bit, just because you know they both kind of like have an old school type thing. But every once in a while, Edge will throw in a new move. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, um. I remember when uh, he actually, it was a match with Jeff Hardy at Judgment Day for the world title. He actually didn't finish Jeff Hardy off with a spear. He did a DDT, well, slash execution from the top rope, and he pinned him. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was different. Yeah. I, I mean, that kind of move should put someone away. Absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, but, you know, you just don't expect it from Edge. You know, you totally expect a spear. Right. Yeah. It, it's an interesting way to do it, too. I, I think a lot of his style tends to revolve around, well, it's why they call him the ultimate opportunist, but taking advantage of the situation, not always having to be the powerhouse, which I mean, kind of benefits his stature. Cause yeah, he's a big dude, but he's not the most muscular compared to like John Cena or other big guys mm-hmm. on the roster, Randy Orton even. And he kind of had that character work around like Caleb, how would you describe like, like Mikey mentioned, which was actually a really good point just in terms of like character, like, because for me, I can see a little bit of Eddie Guerrero in there too. And I think it's just from them working together and him learning from him. Like, Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I, I was going to say, like, I, I could see where Edge in a lot of ways carried on Eddie's thing of like lying. She, like, you know, he lies, he cheats, he steals. Mm-hmm. It's just he found a way to brand it and made it his own with being like, you know, the rated R superstar and ultimate opportunist. Mm-hmm. So like the way I describe it is like you don't know what you're going to get with him. And not like in a bad way of, oh, no, like in a. I you can't take him lightly, even if he's like in a three on one handicap match, you're like, there's still that part of you goes, he might figure something out here. And yeah. uh, I, I always liked that about it. even when he was a heel, it was just that. Like someone like the Miz, for example, when he I mean, like what happened recently with Bobby Lashley, you know, if someone like Lashley gets his hands on someone like Miz, <laughs> you know who wins. Right. And, but Edge, even if he's like outclassed by someone like Undertaker, you're like, he might figure something out because he's that like, uh, 
manipulative and like creative. And he's always like, there's a way to even this out in my favor. So, mm-hmm. so definitely like an Eddie, like a more like this probably does work to the benefit of his size of like, like a bruiser version of like Miz's character of like, mm-hmm. he does cheat. He is cowardly, but in a way of he's looking for that moment to punch you in the face. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like, I maybe I don't want to say less athletic because that sounds like an insult, but like not as like, like what kind of like how Randy is where he doesn't do giant power moves, but what he does is like has a smoothness to it. It's crisp. Edge. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, crisp. And he definitely has that, like that kind of thing, like from Randy. Uh, so like I say, it's just, that's what made him work. I think well, is that you could never count him out because you never knew what he was going to use, whether it's, uh, like the execute uh, execution where it's like, you don't know if he's going to bust out an old move. He hasn't used in a long time, or he might use your own finisher against you. If he feels <laughs> like it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I I've seen that happen. One of the things I kind of like about his character that he is that he's smarmy and he's kind of weaselly, but he's not weak. Like he, yeah. he can fully win a match and destroy someone if he really, really wants to. But his strong suit lies in taking advantage of the situation, AKA the ultimate opportunist. We're going to really <laughs> drill that one into you guys. But <laughs> when you have him as a character who is kind of just a natural villain, like everything about like his personal, you know, obviously not in real life, like granted how he got it was because of a, a pretty bad mistake. Something that I think everyone has openly discussed as like a bad thing, but something that led to them all doing well in their own respects. And with That's him, for, I think I was going to say, sorry, <laughs> no, no, sorry. you're good. You're good. Uh, but I was gonna, I was gonna say, the strange way a mistake can benefit everyone involved. Right. Initially it was very ugly. And then they're like, wait, we can make this work. And <laughs> for me, it seems like just doing like a history lesson on edges career. I really feel like his career took off in 2005. Like that was the year 2005 and 2006, especially was the year that really kind of drove edge into the stratosphere because that was his feud with Matt Hardy. Because if you guys remember correctly, (laughs) edge and Lita had an affair while they were on the road Mm -hmm. and Matt Hardy was injured. He wasn't there. And you know, they made a mistake and Mm -hmm. Matt Hardy, which this whole situation is weird, but They fired (laughs) Matt Hardy because he openly said, hey, Lita had an affair with Edge behind my back. And WWE management was like, oh, whoa, whoa, you can't go telling people that. And they fired him. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) Which is so strange because nowadays I feel like that feud would have been perfect for today's world with Twitter and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But and actually, it probably would have been like, hey, Matt, we're going to give you a promotion. But since like back then, they're like, oh, no, 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 we don't want to like. It's before I think Vince and company realized there's a lot of fuel to be had from kind of like stoking the Internet mm-hmm. when it comes to angles. Yeah, but it's still yeah, everything about that is. We talk about the feud in a good light because like I said, it benefited everybody. But yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, it, it came from poor judgment. But and I think that they all acknowledge that the crazy thing about this entire situation, and I think, Mike, you actually were the one to mention this to me, but 
it was Matt's idea for Edge to be the one to fully go over in the feud. Yeah. That's crazy. Which is which is weird. You because I sit there and look, I'm like, you know, the wrong guy won this feud. But yeah. It, it just boggles my mind because like in that situation, I think they wanted Matt to be the person to win. And I think Matt was just like, no, like I am fine. I already kind of have a lot going for me, which I, well, I don't know if that's true, but for some reason he was like, no, he needs to be the one that goes over, which quite professional of someone who literally just lost your girlfriend to one of your best friends and then made a TV angle out of it. That is the, (laughs) that is the most pro wrestling sentence you could say. (laughs) It goes further when you break it down. It's like, you lost your girlfriend in real life, then you lost her in kayfabe, and then you lost the feud. <laughs> you got the hat trick of being a loser. <laughs> want, 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 uh. <laughs> and it was your idea. <laughs> it's like, Matt, are you okay, dude? You go see a therapist? <laughs> like, bro, you're allowed to win. <laughs> like, yeah, I guarantee Edge would be like, yeah, dude, like, let be the one to beat me. Like, that. If nothing else, that would teach a good moral, like not moral, but like a good, like, hey, the good guy wins in the end sort of situation. But yeah. Nope. And, and I'm sure that like in some capacity, there definitely was like still a little bit of frustration. Like, I mean, obviously they're able to work together, which is incredibly impressive. But Mikey, I don't know if you've seen this match, but it was like the second big match in their feud where there were it was a cage match. Have you seen that one? I've seen bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. OK, yeah, that yeah. I remember going, that one seemed a little bit real. Like there there were a couple hits in there where I think Matt was just like, oh, you know what? We're in a cage. (laughs) I I don't know. And, uh, you know, obviously that's a pretty big accusation. I'm not saying that he like went out of his way to hurt him. I'm just sure that there was like a lot of personal motivation throughout a lot of these matches that probably made it even more realistic. You know, like probably work a little stiff. Yeah, there's some real anger that fueled his character development throughout that. I'm not saying that he tried to hurt Edge. I'm saying that he definitely was able to channel (laughs) some of that frustration into the match. Because, oh, yeah, if you guys don't know, the match ends with Matt Hardy hitting a leg drop on Edge from the top of the cage. Dude, the fact that the, the Hardys or Edge and Christian can actually walk and still wrestle is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. It's astounding to me, but (laughs) that was like, he ended up winning that and then going on to have some world title runs because he, he won money, money in the bank, like 2006 or 2007. Can you guys let me know which one? (laughs) 2006. Yeah. 2006. Okay. Was it, I think he He, cashed in on Cena. Yeah. He popularized the whole, like, take advantage of the champion when they're weak. Cause beforehand, like when RVD won it, he did the whole, like, uh, I'll tell the champion beforehand. You kind of treat it like a number one contendership. Edge right. was like, screw that. We're doing it my way. Yeah. And it was the right call. Right. And it's so funny. Cause it was all Chris Jericho. Like, well, okay. Maybe not all, but it was Chris Jericho's <laughs> idea for the match, which right. shows like number one, just how crazy it is that he has so much influence, but also how much edge like built off of like what Jericho established as well too. Cause they have a long history of wrestling with each other and Mm -hmm. it's just so funny to me. Well, well, it's kind of a bummer, but Chris Jericho never won money in the bank and he's the one that came up with the match. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, it happens like that sometimes. It's like, I don't think Pat Patterson, well, Pat Patterson was probably retired at the time, but he never won a Royal Rumble either. And he's the one that came up with it. <laughs> yeah. Granted. Oh, well, yeah, I think he was retired at that point, but still I'm sticking to my point. And <laughs> for me, this is going to sound super, super controversial. And I okay. want you guys, you can disagree with me or agree with me. I think Edge is the best money in the bank holder ever. I personally don't find that controversial. The only person yeah, I, I don't would, disagree with you at all. Oh, yeah, okay. The only person I put like close to that would be like maybe CM Punk. Yeah. Well, I mean, CM Punk. Yeah. But I, I think Edge has the best character work with. Well, number one, he's probably the most influential in terms of how it's used and how effective oh, yeah, the, it can be. I think I don't think he has the best cash in, though. Uh, well, that's still the, Seth Rollins. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There's no like, come on. Right. Like, but then like, again, that, that whole <laughs> Seth's cash in doesn't exist. If Edge doesn't do what he did, took the words right out of my mouth, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still think about that. But like. Starting with you, Mikey, what was your favorite edge cash in in detail and like how like how did you feel about him cashing in and like what was it like for you to experience like was it frustrating was it aggravating was it exhilarating all the above i'm just sitting there like you son of a gun you <laughs> did it again that's you a good found way. a way to get under my skin way to go i feel like i'd be so annoyed like just watching him routinely win like again and again without like truly oh, yeah. getting his come up and it's like I think you told me, Mike, you're like, dude, I used to want to see him just get whooped <laughs> like all the time and it would never happen. Mm-hmm. You just get so mad because you see Cena prevail. LOL. Cena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see Cena prevail and then you're like, oh, here comes Edge. And then fast forward, I think a year later, you know, Undertaker and Batista have that gnarly steel cage match. Mm hmm. And then Mark Henry comes out and attacks Undertaker. Then you hear Edge's music hit. You're like, oh my God, really? <laughs> and he's str- he really has like up. the big eyes like on his face. And he's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Mike, Mike, you just summed it up so well. Like, that's how I felt about him. Just like every time you, I would hear his music, I would audibly just get anger. Like, my body would just start feeling with rage of like, no. It shows how good he is, though. <laughs> like, yep. For sure. You're just like, all right. His job. Yeah, it's it takes a special kind of performer to really just get under your skin like that and then also make you love them later on. Like, mm-hmm. that's special. I mean, come on. But another thing for me, and I, I know that he had already pretty much proven his toughness, but 2006 at WrestleMania 22, if I'm not mistaken, was when he faced Mick Foley in one of the most frightening matches for me to watch just because I know what they've both been through. (laughs) Oh, no, he plays Cactus Jack, so he was going against a psychopath. Right. And for (laughs) me, like, I remember, like, watching the match and, like, he's walking out with Lita and his eyes are just, like, ablaze. Like, they're the widest eyes I've ever seen on him. And they're like, he looks like he's in great shape, which he was. But (laughs) it's so funny, like, watching him just, like, storm down there excited to get thrown onto thumbtacks and fire which Mm -hmm. that's just like i don't know that i'm just gonna say it the balls that it takes in order to do that is always going to be impressive to me and like 
starting with you, Caleb, what are your impressions of that match and how big of an impact did you think it had on his career from that point forward? It was one of those matches of if anybody still doubted this guy, this at this point you were just hating him because you're bitter. Because if you still disliked, well, not disliked him, if it's because of character that made sense. But if you like doubted his ability, doubted his toughness, doubted his dedication, this match silenced all of those people mm-hmm. and just told you like. You may not like his character. He may his theme song maybe like fill you with rage whenever you heard it because you knew he was about to do something that was going to make you mad. But you knew you're about to watch someone who's really good, mm-hmm. and, and that's what that match did for me. I can agree. It definitely. I think even if people hated him, which they continue to, there was a certain level of respect. I think that came with that. And mm-hmm. Mikey, for you, like in particular, like with this match, especially like, what did it mean for you? And like, how big of an impact did you think it had on his career? Like in detail, but also like, what do you think? Like it's set up for him going forward. Like how big of a deal do you think this really made him? Like, was this the defining match for him? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a defining match, but it definitely showed that. Well, kind of, you know, kind of, I feel exactly how Caleb feels, but I mean, it just, it shows that edge can hang. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's probably the best way to sum that one up. I'm sure you guys might agree with me on this. I think his best match for a lot of people would probably be his main event match against the undertaker at WrestleMania 24. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. That's easy. I I mean, (laughs) well, it just like I was saying earlier, like, you put Edge against Undertaker, which, I mean, we've talked about before. Like, Undertaker is the ultimate, like, you know, like the phrase, the buck stops here. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets past Taker, especially not during that era. No. And so you're like, so as soon as the, you know, you'd hear the bell and you're like, oh, Edge is going to get it. But then there's that thought in the back of your head going, but if there's one guy who could weasel his way out of it. It would be Edge. Right. And so you just had that little bit of doubt. That's all you need for a really great taker match at WrestleMania is that little bit of doubt. Right. I, I'm not going to call him Ric Flair because his style is very di- Like the thing with Ric Flair is like he could do technical wrestling on top of that to try and like counter you. But with Edge, like he actually had an offensive side. And mm-hmm. for me, like when I go back and I rewatch this match, it's fascinating to me because there were so many moments where I was like, he like he's actually kind of dominating Undertaker <laughs> for a little bit. Like yeah. it wasn't a, an entirely one-sided match. And I saw this match before I saw his match with McFoley. For me, this felt like a match that really kind of cemented him permanently. Like his match with Foley gained him respect, but this one for me really settled whether or not he was a Hall of Fame level, like legend caliber wrestler. And Again, I was learning at the time, but like, what were your takeaways from this match? Like Mikey, if there was any big takeaway and like one of your, some of your favorite parts of this match, because I think this is actually one of the few times that someone kicked out of the tombstone. I mean, now obviously it's probably a little different. Like it's, it feels like everyone kind of kicks out of finishers now, but at the time I'm sure it was genuinely shocking. Mikey. Yeah. The only one. Go. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're, you're good. 
<laughs> yeah, the only time it was really not shocking for somebody to kick out of the tombstone at that time was just Kane. Like, mm-hmm. Kane was the only one who would kick. Yeah, he kicked out of three, right? Seeing Edge kicked out, that really... Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, so I, I'm sure it was <laughs> like genuinely shocking because they're like, oh, it's Edge, like, you know, he's caught now, like he's not going to get away, but then he kicks out and you're like, oh, oh yeah, my. <laughs> like that li- that little bit of doubt because then, cause then <laughs> it's like you're, I mean, as Mikey was saying earlier, like, you know, when the Edge's music started playing when he cashed in on Taker and, to get the title, it's just when he kicked out of the tombstone that, that you had a thought in your head going, He's about to do it again, isn't he? That <laughs> son of a <laughs> like great. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like, are we about to, are we about to admit are we about to make a new meme called like LOL Edge wins? <laughs> LOL Edge found a way to win very cleverly. That doesn't have a ring to it. I'm just gonna stop. So <laughs> the more I think about it, like, you know, he, he had so many great matches with Undertaker, like after that. I think Mikey, you showed me a Hell in a Cell match with him and Taker where he gets thrown through the ring and then he gets set on fire, right? Was that at SummerSlam? Yeah, he got he got sent to hell. That's yeah. the funniest thing I've ever heard. But And then he came back perfectly. I love this. I I don't want anything <laughs> to change. I, <laughs> oh yeah, and then and then when he came back, he's still willing. He's like, Oh yeah, I was sent to hell. And I went back. What? <laughs> That's right. I forgot he rolled with it like he actually went there. No. <laughs> I sat there I'm like, how did you get out? I forgot he rolled with it. He took the elevator. He he found an opportunity and he took it. <laughs> yeah. He talked to Kane like, you've gotten out of here before. What did you do? <laughs> Put me on, man. Put me on the way back. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, another thing about him. He always... Really, I okay. That sounded like in past tense, like I was talking about him, like he was dead. I <laughs> something about him that I continue to admire is that he just rolls with whatever comes with his way. And you know, we saw that, like when he returned from his injury at the Royal Rumble in 2010. Number one, I mean, we've already talked about it on the podcast. It's one of my favorite Rumbles ever. I love that return because it was genuinely shocking. He always found a way to surprise you. And he basically pulled a Cena there, too. I, I know, Mikey, you were watching around the time when Cena came back at uh, the Royal Rumble in 2008, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, it's just yeah. superhuman. Like, I don't understand how people can do that. I, like, I struggle to walk around sometimes if I sleep wrong. Like, I'm such a baby. But <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you see these guys who you're like, are you, like, did Wolverine have a child that I'm unaware of and you're like related to him somehow? And his name is John Cena, but you can't see him. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to throw the, one of those out there at least every once in a while. And yeah. I, th- I think around this time was when he really started to become more about, he became more selfless because this is when he basically turned face. And to my recollection, when they were facing uh, the Nexus at SummerSlam in 2010, he and Jericho were both telling Cena, they're like, they need to win. Yeah. That's an infamous moment that Cena had on record has said that was a mistake on my part. Yeah, it was, but uh, yeah, it's too late now. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> gosh. And to me, I could admire that about edge because sometimes like, I, I guess in all categories, you can develop an ego when, you become excellent at something. And 
you, you know, that that's not a knock on him or anything. It's just interesting to me. How there's a temptation. Th- there's a temptation yeah. because you're on top of your game. You're still in your prime pretty much. Like it's not like he was winding down. Well, okay. That that's not true. I, <laughs> he unfortunately did have to retire the year after, but I mean, he was still young. He was what in his thirties, right? Correct. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he. It's like the Hardy Boys. They've been doing it forever since they were like teenagers. Right. These are lifers and they're all still going. I mean, Edge came back now. For anyone who doesn't know, Edge returned at the 2020 Royal Rumble to every single person in that stadium crying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't contain myself. It was amazing. But it's just interesting to me how at 45, he's in the best shape of his career or 46. 47? Something like that. You're one of those numbers. Yeah, I just keep throwing numbers out and expecting him to stick. But <laughs> he, the point is, is he's not young anymore because in wrestling world, 10 years is a huge gap. And that's an entire career. That, that's an entire career sometimes. So to go from being in your 30s and being, well, in excellent shape, but unfortunately suffering from something that basically took a toll on your body and now being in the best shape of your career and being ready to go, like now he looks muscular and, you know, mm-hmm. granted he does look older because that's what happens to human beings. We all age. <laughs> it's still <laughs> impressive to me. Like Mikey, like what were your impressions on him when he first came back? Like, I know some people have feelings about their, you know, Randy Orton and edges match at WrestleMania 36, excuse me. But like, what, what do you think is on the horizon for him? Like, you know, we're, we're kind of winding down now where we've reached that point is in the in the podcast where we're like, OK, you know, like we've kind of caught up a little bit. And I th- feel like people have an idea of who he is as a person. What do you see on the horizon for him? And what are some of your favorite matches that you can recommend for people who maybe want to go back and watch them? Well, I hope we are seeing a future world title run. Yeah, same. I'd be happy. And with that. I, I have wishful thinking that he dumps the universal title and brings back the big gold belt because when you see the big gold belt yeah you, you immediately know. think of edge that's true and i because he had but what that, seven that, that is wishful thinking yeah jeez that's a lot but, oh but um mm-hmm. favorite favorite matches Ooh, that's a tough one. i want to say honorable mention is him versus undertaker at one night stand 2008 in a tlc match mm-hmm. but um one of my favorite ones uh, Edge versus Jeff Hardy at uh, Extreme Rules 2010? Yeah, 2010 in a ladder match. Okay, okay. And that match, those two just had excellent And then Edge lost cleanly. Well, not, well, yeah, Jeff Hardy was the face. Of course he's going to lose cleanly, but Edge fought clean the entire match. Interesting. Yeah. And then, of course, CM Punk came. That's a whole yeah. another story, but yeah, that, <laughs> I think that one's one of my favorite matches there. Yeah, I know that those are some good choices there. I actually, I think there's one or two of them that I need to rewatch there. The, the one night stand one, I definitely need to rewatch, but those are some great matches. Caleb, again, what do you see on the horizon for him? And what are some of your favorite matches with edge? I mean, I think Mikey is, I mean, unless we're about to be hit with a big swerve, which I mean, I would get it because Roman's on the heel run of his life right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, but 
you don't put this much it's well to use Bobby Lashley again, you don't put that much fanfare behind somebody just for them to lose. So uh I do see the world title run. Uh now who he loses it to? Or like what happens once he does lose it? Like, does he go off into the sunset? Because he said that, you know, he he's I think he said like he's he's not planning on coming back for like long term. This is supposed to just be like a have a nice ride off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And which he does deserve that with everything he's been through. But so it's just, it's gonna be interesting to see like if he does end up winning, like we're predicting, like what he does once he gives it up mm-hmm. to whomever it may be. Uh, uh, and then some of my favorite matches, I would definitely say, besides the ones that uh, Mikey listed, I'd also say um, uh, Edge and Ric Flair, they did a TLC match. And some people might be confused why I picked that one is because one, Edge idolized Ric Flair growing up. So he got to literally, he got to be with his one of his childhood heroes in the match that he made famous. Not Flair, but the match that Edge made famous fighting his hero, which is a big deal for him. Mm-hmm. And another, I would say any of the matches between like Cena and Edge, especially like post 2007, mm-hmm. because they had like the best compliment a wrestler can give another wrestler is when they say that, oh, if I had to fight so and so, that was like a night off because they had such good chemistry together. And Cena was like, yeah, they could have me and Edge fight in a bingo hall and we could probably put on a great match because we knew each other so well. So just any of their matches would be great. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember which year it was, but the last one I'll recommend the elimination chamber where an edge eliminated Cena first, like mm-hmm. really quickly. <laughs> cause it's just one. It's hilarious. Cause you just see that look of shock on his face. Like, wait, Cena's already gone. What do I do? <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> and then, yeah. So just, uh, that that elimination chamber is great. Oh, and if you want to get an idea of how much I hated him, mm-hmm. go look up when he kind of like how Miz got the money in the bank off of Otis. Go watch when Edge did that to Mr. Kennedy, mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> how he got one of his money in the bank runs. Yeah, which would not have happened unless things had gone wrong with with Mr. Kennedy, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, exactly. oh, so the elimination chamber match that you're talking about was the one where he actually got eliminated early in the night. It was no way out That's 2009. Right. Yeah, it was because he got eliminated, I think, in like four minutes because Jeff Hardy rolled him up. And everyone was like, I think Triple H was like laughing at him from his his pod, which <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a goofy little smile going. <laughs> Just making he fun took of out him. Kofi to get there. Right. Yeah, he showed up <laughs> and he took him out and they're like, well. Rules are no rules. So <laughs> just let him in. in the match. It's uh it's like when uh when people would just enter the Royal Rumble, like they just knock someone out, and I was like, are they still technically in the Royal Rumble if they haven't been eliminated today? It, it's like what like Kofi Kingston is still on No Way Out 2009 Elimination Chamber match. He just hasn't yep. entered yet. And <laughs> <laughs> they had uh they had him lose and then they had him show up and he pinned Cena with a spear and like 20 something minutes in and he ended up winning it that night. And I was like, that is insane. That is actually one of the matches I was going to recommend. So I'm glad you brought it up. But <laughs> again, this is awesome. I love talking about edge. I would love to see him have a world title. I'm hoping that his program with Roman extends to SummerSlam if possible. I don't know if that's going to be possible, but Roman is, I mean, he's just on the run of his life right now. Like you were saying, it's, 
really special. And it's something that we've been begging and pleading for. I know you, Mikey, have been asking for a Roman turn for a long time. So, oh, I'm just so excited to see them wrestle each other. Spear versus spear. I'm really hoping they don't headbutt each other on accident at one point. Because if there's any one thing I've been saying during edge matches since he came back is be careful, be careful, be careful. Because <laughs> oh, just go, just go back to when Edge and Batista butted heads, going for a, both of them going for a spear. Oh, oh gosh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna have nightmares about that. <laughs> I mean, I think it was I think it was semi scripted, but yeah, Batista was blooding just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Batista bleeding? No, he never does that. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't <laughs> fine for that when he did it the night that they went TV PG. What? I, <laughs> no. Which, what? No. Wow. <laughs> what? No. Why? Why? <laughs> they had him. I love a lot of his like earlier 2000 stuff. Like pretty much any match with Edge and Rey Mysterio in it is going to be good. And the Elimination mm-hmm. Chamber where they were duking out at the end is awesome because he speared Rey Mysterio out of midair. Amazing. And his match with Mick Foley at WrestleMania 22 obviously is fantastic. It's something you have to watch. And WrestleMania 24, when he fought against The Undertaker, is amazing. Most of his matches with Cena, I would argue, are very, very good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would say that they're instant classics, but that's the thing is that good wrestling matches that remind you that they're there are just as equally good, in my opinion, as a lot of classics are because they show you just how good someone is outside of that one match. And there's this huge smorgasbord of matches that he's been in that I think you should take a look at. There's probably a collection, I think, on WWE Network, too, which, by the way, if you are in the U.S., it is switching over to Peacock. So I think they're going to shut down the U.S. Net, the, like the USA version of WWE Network. So make sure you switch over to Peacock. I'm not just saying it to you guys, but I'm saying it to anyone out there. Again, for our international listeners, you don't have to change anything. You'll be fine. But either way, this has been... A very wonderful podcast. It's been very turbulent for us. I'm going to lift back the curtain a little bit. We have had so many technical issues tonight. So if this sounds coherent in any way, shape, or form, I'm so happy because all that matters to me is that we have fun and we have a great time, but that also you guys can understand us. <laughs> That's a big part of the podcast. So thank you for bearing with us, especially if you've made it you know, an hour into this episode at this point. We love doing this. And please... Thank Mikey for coming on and being another guest for us to talk with. And we love having him on. We love talking to him about these things, something that he's passionate about as well. So thank you, Mikey. No, 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 no. Thank you. No, no, no. Thank you. But <laughs> we we're have stuck in a loop. Time. We're stuck in a loop where we just keep it's like Groundhog Day, except we're recording a <laughs> podcast where the internet cuts out in the middle of the feed. So <laughs> uh <laughs> this has been the Internet World Order podcast. We are on Breaker, we are on Spotify, we are on Overcast, we are on Apple Podcasts, we are everywhere. You cannot hide from us. We'd like to thank Mikey for being our guest today. It's always a pleasure to have him. And again, if you like this episode. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. Please give us feedback. We love hearing from you guys. You guys are awesome. You're one of the many reasons that we love doing this in the first place. So please let us know how you feel. Send us some love our way. Send Mikey some love and continue being amazing. We love you guys. Once again, we are the Internet World Order Podcast. I'm Austin Cook. And I am Kilo McLemore. And we will see you guys soon. If you think you know me, see you guys.
You think you know me. You think you know me. You think you know me. <laughs> I got to do this one more time before we go out. Actually, I'm not going to cut it right now. The rated R superstar edge. <laughs>